Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Eyes and Lies. My name's John. That's Ian. It's been 82 years. It's been a long time. Nah, it's for me, it's been like July. Yes. <laughs> and it's September. Middle of September at that. Yeah. Yeah. So you I had a honeymoon. You, you had a wedding, then a honeymoon, and then I had like work stuff randomly pop up, and I couldn't. We couldn't record on our usual days. And life is a life is a thing that happens occasionally. Also, hi occasionally everybody, we're back. <laughs> yep, unintended uh, hiatus there, but you know we do what we must. Yeah, because life sometimes gets in the way. Uh, but this is episode 126. Uh, simple title. It's just Throne of Eldraine. We're just going to talk all about the Throne of Eldraine cards that excite us, that interest us that pique our interest i'm not gonna lie you said we do what we must and i was i was kind of sad you didn't say because we can i was thinking it though okay i was thinking it the cake is they haven't played lie. portal play portal uh two eyes in the community things real quick because we're gonna spend need to spend a lot of time on cards because ian and i know how we get when we talk about preview cards um there's a first, lot of them there's a lot of them too uh throne of eldraine pre pre-release is on september 20th on twist.tv slash loading already run They've got a fantastic lineup this time. Go watch it. Hold on. Why don't I have this pulled up? Well, that sounds like user error. Well, uh, but also no, the pre-release. Uh, their, their guests this this, um, this time around are Vince, Pleasant Kenobi Chandler, my good friend Olivia Gobert-Hicks, uh, Jamie Topples, Rigotti, and from Wizard of the Coast, Daniel Holt, along with yeah. Graham, Kathleen, Cameron, and Adam. Yeah. 11 amps Pacific pre- time. Yeah. And the pre-release is September 27th. The official release is October 4th, where Ian will be at SCG Philly um, playing uh, Team team Unified, no, yeah, Team no. Trios Constructed. Yeah. So weird thing about that one is usually SCG is a great resource for, you know, the first week standard event. I don't know why. I don't know how. But release weekend this time just happened to coincide with a team event. So that's kind of weird. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm just curious if I'm going to get crushed by some random Eldraine card I'm not expecting in Legacy. It's going to well, be dumb. There's only one way to find out. Yeah, we'll see. Um, oh, and also, side note, I think it's the 24th and the 25th. So next week, midweek, is the streamer preview. So go watch the bevy of streamers that will be out there playing limited and constructed throne of Eldraine. yep recent guests on the podcast uh pizza kitten will be in that streamer event so go she was the last episode out. john i know <laughs> that's why i said recent <laughs> very recent incredibly recent um so we're gonna go ahead and just jump right in uh we missed last week which was the official start of previews for throne of Eldraine. so we're just gonna go through mostly wooberg order and we got to start with the card that's labeled number one in the entire set Acclaimed contender. Two and a white for a 3-3 human knight. By the way, there's a lot of knights in Throne of Eldraine. Oh, yeah. Like a whole bunch of knights. Mardu. Uh, it's a rare. When it enters the battlefield, if you control another knight, you look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a knight, an aura, an equipment, or a legendary artifact from among them and put it into your hand. And the rest go on the bottom in a random order. If you are if you have this in Constructed, you are going to hit something. If you don't, Either... if you, don't you just hit five lands in a row. It's like you either hit another acclaimed contender, you hit one of your other knights that you care about, you hit an equipment that you care about, or you hit like an aura that you care about. Like pacifism is in standard still, you know. I don't know if pacifism is really what you want to be doing, but you know, crazier we're things we're have losing, happened. And we're losing baffled in, so I got to. I don't know what kind. Well, baffled of... in is in an aura. It doesn't. It can't fetch baffled in. 
Oh. Right. Yeah, it's just a regular old. Uh... Yeah. Now we'll figure it out. Something yeah, I, anyway. I, I had that thought as well. I'm like, oh, yeah, you can just grab. Oh, nope, can't grab O ring. I will say this. My team was like, ooh, this card looks interesting. Um, I have yeah, no I, idea, honestly, what our standard. I don't even think we have like standard locked in yet. <laughs> no, there's still there's still more cards that need to be. Oh no, I'm, I'm talking who's playing. Oh sure, <laughs> that too. We're we're Listen. kind of like if there's a re- if there's like a mono red deck, one person's going to be on it, and if not, then like the other person's going to play it. Spoiler alert: there is going to be a mono red deck. Anyways, oh, there's always a mono um, red deck week one. There's always a mono red deck. Just like cockroaches, you think you stamp it out, and then suddenly someone decide wizard decides to print print a like red one one with haste, and you're just like, how this card's bad. Um, the next card on the list is one that I put on there. So instead of pitching to Ian, I'll talk about it. It's Archon of Absolution. It's three and a white. It's a three two flying Archon at uncommon. It has protection from white, which is a little odd, but it also says creatures can't attack you or a planeswalker you control unless the controller pays one for each of those creatures. Uh, this card is going to be really annoying mm-hmm. uh, out of blue-white decks just to play against either, you know, white weenie or white knight decks in standard or possibly in cube because this card is the bane of my existence. But it'll be an interesting card to see how it plays out. It's very clearly aimed at a sideboard card in modern or not modern in standard. If it's modern play, that'd be a little surprising. But no. I think it's a it has all the right numbers for a powerful sideboard card now we haven't seen any other of the protection from same color stuff yet right no but we've seen there's a there's like a pseudo cycle at uncommon of cards that care about uh we'll actually just go ahead and go to one that i did not put up on the list it is a red cap melee i believe is the name of the card it is a red sorcery yeah red cap melee it's a red no red instant at uncommon it deals four damage to target creature or planeswalker, but if it's a non-red permanent, uh, it's dealt damage this way, you sacrifice a land. So it's kind of like a, hey, you get a cheap four damage spell, but if you targeted something that didn't care about a certain color, you kind of get punished yeah. a little bit. Which, by the way, Red Cat Melee is an efficient answer for Ren and Six. I mean, yes. We'll talk about some planeswalkers. There's some that I actually want to talk about because it's kind of ridiculous the yeah. starting loyalty some of these planeswalkers have in the set yeah it's it, true it's kind of ridiculous yeah. i i i am interested in archon of absolution and i might cube it but this other card that ian's going to talk about uh a great pun wizards even though i don't think it's a pun i think you just did it on purpose uh it's also just a fantastic card oh is that the uh the next one that's on the list yes okay so <laughs> by none other than by the way congrats on this to read duke who uh, made the Pro Tour, or I don't know what the heck what they call it, the Magic Hall of Fame. We'll just call it that for simplicity's sake. Uh, he revealed this card and thinks it's going to be big in a lot of formats. And yeah, it's got the stats to move. It is Charming Prince. One in a white. Human Noble. At rare, it's a 2-2, so it's a bear. But it's a strictly better bear because when it enters the battlefield, choose one. Scry two. Or you gain three life. Or... Exile another target creature you own. Return it to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of the next end step. It's a human that does things when it ETBs. You know why it's Charming Prince, right? Yes, John. It's Prince Charming. Yes, I get it. No, it's a charm. Ha. (laughs) Ha, It's also Prince Charming, but yes. No, yeah, no. This card has got the stats that's priced to move. Um, Cubable? 
for sure. Easily, easily cubable. Um, this card like, is going to be annoying out of the human's deck. I don't know which card it bumps out or takes slots from, but anytime you staple three abilities onto a card that you can easily just pop out with Aether Vial on two. Yep. And also, the fact that they gave White Scry 2 on a 2-2 two -two for two is a little ridiculous. I mean, honestly, I just see that whole exile another target creature you own. You hold up your, you know, Aether Vial activation. Someone targets one of your creatures. You just go and blink it. Yeah. Uh, another thing about Charming Prince, uh, it is also probably very good in the Soul Herder decks. Oh, right. I forgot that's a modern deck now. Yeah. It's not good against combo, but it's very sweet. Oh, God. Blinking <laughs> this every turn? <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of modern cards that i despise <laughs> um they printed this card to so that phoenix wouldn't be as oppressive in standard it's called deafening silence it's a white uncommon enchantment that says each player can't cast more than one non-creature spell this turn wizards each turn listen if you if you just just let me know if i've done something wrong okay you can just like i my my door is always open my dms are always open just just let me know how how, how did i hurt you what did i do because storm is a busted mechanic I mean, yes, but <laughs> you know what I mean? I know. Yeah, no, Deafening Silence is definitely something that um, this is going to hit a lot of decks, especially something like, heck, you could even bring this in against Wurza now because make them play a long game, you know? You know like, what? You wanting to deck... turn, Wurza wants to turn through their library, do multiple things a turn, and if you say you only get one thing each turn, yeah. that slows you know what their other, combo uh... kill out. What other deck kind of gets a little hated on by this? I know, it's Infect, I get it. No, 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 not Infect. I wasn't thinking Infect, but oh. yes. Uh, Tron. If they've got nothing in play and they want, and they need to start cycling their, you know, their little chromatic stars. That's true. Really yeah. get one? I, I don't, I wouldn't bring this in against Tron. I wouldn't either, but it's... And, and here's the thing, if this guy, if somebody sticks this against Infect, I'm like, alright, cool, I'll just kill you over multiple turns. I don't need to, yeah. to dome you out for lethal on, like, I mean, I could easily see Boggles bringing this in, but that oh, yeah. kind of gets weird, though, because they want to jam multiple enchantments on their creatures. I can see them being like, enchantment, 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 deafening silence, go. Mm -hmm. um, after you. the initial sticker shock of seeing it costing one mana, uh, I just realized it's just another thing to bounce yeah. on my end. Like, I just, just, I'll just wait and just like, get rid of it and then kill you. But you What know. do you guys have? That can do it. Echoing truth. Echoing truth. Yeah. Just boop. Re um, repeal. <laughs> we got ways. So speaking of one mana, just for one white cards, uh, next one's called Giant Killer, but this is our first adventure card. So uh, adventure is kind of a new mechanic in this set where it's an instant or a sorcery that's stapled onto a creature. And you can cast mm -hmm. Giant Killer, which is the is a white human peasant rare it's a one two for one in a white tap target creature that doesn't seem like a rare that kind of card we've seen tweaked in certain ways at like common and uncommon based off of the creature tapping the cost and all that kind of thing but chop down two in a white instant adventure spell or the adventure part of it says destroy target creature with power four or greater now adventure has reminder text that as soon as you cast chop down you destroy target creature card with power four or greater then exile this card, you may later cast the creature from exile. So you go tuna white, chop down, destroy target creature with power four or greater. Then you can bring back the giant killer from exile because you send them on a journey, set them on a quest, and then 
bring them back. It's kind of weird use of the exile zone where exile meant for a while, the longest time you just put it there, stored away, it's gone. They kind of played with bringing things back from the exile zone. I think it was what it was. Well, there's Rindic the Repetition. Horror, the horror one, the one that you can bring, you can cast from exile. Oh, well, there's Miss Hollow Griffin and there's the um, Eternal Scourge. That's the one I'm thinking of, Eternal Scourge. They and kind of started playing with that stuff. Yeah. And then obviously but, now we also have, you know, uh, Crackling Drake that checks exile zone for spells as well. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, interesting card. Um, I don't necessarily think it's super powerful. Um, there are better removal spells out there right now, but... So, if, like, in standard, the way that I look at this, or in limited, this card is ridiculous. It's kill your opponent's best thing, then play giant killer, and then invalidate your opponent's best creature. The re- um, next best creature, yeah. Well, yeah, whatever the remaining best creature is. Um, I think this is also insane for cube, because it's a white weenie creature that you can play on turn one that's not that embarrassing. That can also, if you just draw it late, is just, okay, kill your primeval titan, kill your grizzle brand, and play this giant killer. And then now your one big threat has to be two big threats. Yeah. That's not bad. So. No. And I also think it will see standard play out on some level. I'm not sure. I don't think this is like a modern card, even though it is a human. Yeah, no, I don't think it's not. It's not good enough. It's just too mana intensive. Yeah. And plus a lot of things, a lot of the more threatening creatures in in, uh, modern kind of dodge the four power greater. There's only a handful that are actually real big threats for that one. Exactly. And plus, you probably want that to be just two mana for, like, reprisal, so you can deal with, like, grizzle brands on turn two. Yeah. But anyway, the next one next. is pretty Oof. interesting. Uh, Harmonious it? Archon is four white-white for a four-five flying Archon at Mythic. Uh, Non-Archon creatures have base power toughness 3-3. Three, three. And when Harmonious Archon enters the battlefield, create two one-one white human creature tokens. Did you mention that it flies as well? I didn't mention that it flies. Um, so Harmonious Archon by itself is 6 mana for 10 power and 11 toughness spread over 3 bodies. I'll I'll even say this, right? Remove the mythic, remove the last lines of text. 4 white white 4 5 flyer. Yeah, sure, I'll take that as a top end in a limited deck. Yeah. Now, the non archon creatures have base power and toughness 3 3. That's either an upside cuz you're playing a lot of small tokens and it acts as a double anthem in many ways. Or it could be a big downside because if your opponent has a bunch of one ones and two twos, they suddenly become three threes. White, in but this... if your opponent has a bunch of five fives and six sixes, they instead become three threes. Yeah, now white seems to be pretty big on spitting out a bunch of small one one human creature tokens. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the Archon makes two of them. There's a lot of other cards that kind of will spit out um, some one ones. There's that I don't know if we have it on the list. It's the instant that if you uh with adamant so adamant is a thing where if you pay the full cost of it in one color you get an extra benefit it's like two and a white or three and a white you get two one ones if it's adamant you gain a life for each creature you control or something like that yeah i don't have it on the list but yes there is that card um but yeah that kind of thing spitting out tokens gaining life all that kind of stuff and then chunking it right into that archon seems pretty ridiculous yeah but john yeah so I think we found your queen for your weenie deck. I have very complicated thoughts about <laughs> Lyndon, the steadfast queen. All right. Um, she's white, white, white for a 3-3 legendary human noble at rare. She's got vigilance, and she reads, whenever a white creature you control attacks, you gain one life. If I'm paying three white mana for a 3-3, it's got to do more than just vigilance and gain me a life whenever my creatures attack. Okay. That's I fair. think that 
I don't think it's an embarrassing cube edition, and I will definitely play Linden at least once or twice. But you're not if they like, put her this in, like, is when your first cuts, cube. though, right? That's what I'm thinking. Um, like Banalish Marshall is, you know, white, white, white for a three, three, but he he's a he's an anthem for all your other creatures. Nerf. I think that's a better effect than Linden if I'm looking for a white, white, white creature. And remember, we are losing Banalish Marshall in standard. Yes, so in, in standard. standard, you know, Linden plays a very different role. But I'm talking like from oh, my perspective for cubable? like cube, yeah. It's cubable. It's not embarrassing. Like if you if you, I open you know a cube pack and I see a Linden in it, I'm like, okay, I know what you're trying to do, and, and I will take it and I won't feel bad about you're it. You're not going to first pick that one because you're going to let it wheel because no one's taking triple white pips. <laughs> also, that um, the other big thing to remember is that we're going to Theros next set, and very likely, considering that there's a heavy monocolor theme in the set, like if you look at Linden, there's a cycle of these of these legendaries that have you know MMM for the mana. Dude, there's a you cycle know. of like. There's a whole bunch of cards that have four. <laughs> yeah, pips. there's a there's a cycle of uncommon four hybrid mana cards as well. It's gross. There's um, there's going to be some. Honestly, I don't know if they're going to go back to the uh, devotion well. I think they'll tweak I, it somehow. I think they'll go. I think it will be devotion, but it will be used in a slightly different way than they used it in Theros. Yeah, I think they saw how ridiculous it got with uh stuff like hypnotic specter last time around from ravnica uh, i expect gross. a i expect a fixed gary ha <laughs> gary gary anyways uh next card on the list it's a twin target sorry <laughs> it, it, it is a twin target uh, uh go ahead and tell us about corridor monitor corridor monitor is a one in a blue one for artifact creature construct at common uh, it says whenever corridor monitor enters the battlefield untap target artifact or creature you control so it is I say a twin target, splinter twin target. You basically has the untap uh, ability that you would look for in either Pestermite or uh, Deceiver Exarch. Deceiver Doesn't have flash like Deceiver Exarch, which that's why that was an uncommon. This is a common. Uh, this can also untap some artifacts. So nice and cube if you have, uh, you know, some mana rocks and stuff like that. <laughs> it's also really sweet with like birthing pod. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Pod this bad boy out. <laughs> Um, what's fun about corridor monitor though, is that it also continues the trend. What, which wizard is trying to go for with colored artifacts. Um, yeah. So after seeing how Kaladesh and a little bit of Dominaria, not really had, you know, these non-colored artifacts kind of being the big thing and wizards just got burned too many times with making these artifact sets care about artifacts and the artifacts not having colored pips in their mana costs. Now, we're, so we're, starting in M19, they decided, you know what? We're just going to make colored artifacts. It's going to make everything easier. Yeah. I, I don't mind it. I think it's great. Um, no. Weird question for you. Bomac yeah. Courier. Yes. Instead of it being one generic mana, if it was a red mana artifact creature, still just good or not as good? So it would be worse, but in very minute ways. Because Bulmet Courier is already only being played in generally in heavy red decks because you want to be able to pop it as soon as possible. But let's say that you're a mono black deck that's splashing Bulmet Courier for for the red side, that makes it worse. Yeah. So absolutely. clearly, like if if Corridor Monitor costs two mana, which I don't think they would do that, um, like this two generic mana, I don't think they would do that. It would be a much better card because you could put it in any deck. But they. They are doing this now with other colored artifacts, and we'll get to some later, like Corridor Monitor, just because it's, you know, it's they're 
attributing color to the artifacts more frequently now. Because, like, they were trying to save it for New Phyrexia, but they did it for Shards of Alara, for the Esper Shard. Then they did it for New Phyrexia. And then we haven't really seen it aside from, like, one-offs, like Godsend, or, like, Godsend in uh, Journey into Nyx, and a couple other pieces here and there. So yeah. I'm interested to see how this works. But what I want to see is I want to see them do this, except for enchantments, and just swallow the pill and just make enchantment creatures evergreen. Yeah, that'd be kind of interesting. So, yeah. speaking of artifacts and it being a little bit broken, Emery, Lurker of the Lock aka the lady in the lake uh i believe that <laughs> ladies and lakes handing out swords is no way for a form of government and farcical, farcical aquatic ceremonies and all that that's two in a blue yeah. one two legendary creature merfolk wizard but mm. it's probably not going to merfolk uh it's a rare no. it's uh she reads this spell costs one less to cast for each artifact you control so you can basically knock her down to a blue mana when Emery Lurker of the Lock enters the battlefield, put the top four cards of your library into your graveyard. Also has the ability tap, choose target artifact card in your graveyard. You may cast this that card this turn. This is a really gross re- reoccurring value engine for artifact decks, especially in cube. Yeah, so in modern, people are already losing their minds because of Emery plus Mishra's Bobble plus Jeskai Ascendancy goes infinite or whatever um oh god it does doesn't it it does go infinite um my big thing with emery and ian pointed out already is that in like vintage cube like in a legacy cube emery is mediocre at best and a heavy artifact themed cubed emery is a little bit more interesting because you're able to rebuy your your cards and this becomes like a must kill on site tinker targets but in vintage cube where you get black lotus or like in a format like highlander where you get Black Lotus, <laughs> Emery is just insane. How you like that recurrable Lotus, son? Yeah, like, Emery has a lot of very powerful potential. Like, this is a card that will likely see vintage play, and depending on how it goes, it could get restricted. Dude, dude, I would love to be able to storm off with this. You get, like, uh, what's it called? Paradox Engine? Yeah. <laughs> Cast a key, untap it. Yep. Break like, Emery... It, there's, there's so many things going for Emery in the most powerful of formats because you have things like Moxon and Black Lotus. And there's no and mana it, cost to the tap. That's the yeah, thing that's that does it. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. Hell, even if, yeah, it was, fact, even if it was one generic mana to do this, you just you can just keep like generating – you wouldn't generate three off of that Lotus. You generate two, but oh well, oh no. Yeah. And the, the big thing with Jeskai Ascendancy that people are are noting is that you know it says whenever you untap – whenever you cast a non-creature permanent – or a non-creature permanent – or a non-creature spell – untap all your creatures so if you had like if you loop mox opals or if you loop mishra's bobbles or whatever it is with emery you just make an arbitrarily large emery or arbitrarily large other creatures you control and then you just kill people i mean people are doing this kind of in standard with the kethis deck yeah too you know the the i still have i haven't spent enough time with standard to loop my brain around everything that deck is trying to do but man that thing is i i'm happy it exists it's been a while since I'm, like I thought I, don't, I didn't think it was a deck when we last were talking. No, it wasn't. It was a very recent discovery, but still, it's a it's a hilarious little uh, little little format format warping thing. Yeah, it's but it's right. it came in at the very end of a format, which I think is kind of funny. So our next one up yeah. is Gadwick the Wizened X Blue it's Merlin <laughs> X Blue 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 Legendary Creature Human Wizard at rare. It's a three three. When Gadwick the Wizened enters the battlefield, draw X cards. Whenever you cast a blue spell, tap target non-land permanent and opponent controls. 
So very heavily, again, on the monocolor triple pip theme. Uh, you can get a 3-3 three, three for 3 that you can just start freezing stuff down, tapping stuff down. But if you yeah. have extra mana, like, say, a control deck, dump all your mana into Gadwick, draw five cards, pay eight mana yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, that's pretty good. And then also, like, if you if Gadwick does see play in standard, um, which will be very interesting, I think, you get to this point where you're like, I play my Gadwick, I untap or whatever, I say go, it's the aggro deck's turn, and then they have to decide, do they cast their spell pre-combat, in which case I counter it and tap their dude, or do they just go to combat? And do their thing then. It's very it's very much a card that would demand an answer, but it is a three three that's pretty fragile, all things considered. So we'll see how it plays out. Yep. It's it's just an interesting card. Uh limited, you're gonna want to heavily skew blue if you take yeah. Gadwick. Yeah, you you want like eleven, twelve islands in your deck. Yeah, absolutely. Like you, you, ten seven is not acceptable and it might when you're trying be, to play Gadwick. And you might even want to play an eighteen land deck. Yeah. So uh next card is one that I'm interested in to see it is hypnotic sprite it is blue blue for a 2-1 flying fairy at uncommon but it's got an adventure mesmeric glare two and a blue instant adventure counter target spell with converted mana cost three or less little expensive on the mesmeric glare end but again we're going to theros we're probably going to see devotion and everyone's going to have flashbacks of Thassa, <laughs> God of the Sea, Whoop. and Mesmeric Sprite would have fit in right in with that deck. It actually full- counters Thassa. It does, <laughs> ironically enough. Um, but also having two blue pips is kind of the big thing in my mind for this card. It may not be good now. Granted, there is this like Simic Flash deck that people are talking about, and this may fit in pretty well there, even though the Sprite itself does not have Flash. Yeah. So... We'll see, but I think this card is going to be see see decent standard play. Yeah, and and you know a piker, a flying piker is not bad for two mana. So no, not at all. It attacks all attacks just as well as everything else does. So this next one's going to be one of the first big old legendary artifacts. Each color got one. I don't think we talked about the white one. Uh, we did not talk about the white one. And whatever. Anyway, <laughs> this one's cooler. This one's it's expensive. Uh, it's the magic mirror. Uh, six blue 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 that's right nine cmc for legendary artifact at mythic rarity uh this spell costs one less to cast for each instant and sorcery card in your graveyard you have no maximum hand size at the beginning of your upkeep put a knowledge counter on the magic mirror then draw a card for each knowledge counter on the magic mirror I'm, it's like the best howling mine ever i'm not playing this in just guys how dare you no i'm just kidding there's no, no reason a to lot of mana. <laughs> It costs a lot of mana. Um, Plus, I'm delving away stuff at my graveyard anyway. Yeah. Uh, tinker target, potentially. Although, I don't think it's better than the usual tinker targets of, like, you know, Blight Steel Colossus and whatnot. But I don't know what... I mean, okay, so EDH card for sure. I just gotta yeah, 100%. say that. Yeah, like, this is slam jam into stuff like Locust God. Sure. Because you're looking to just draw a ton of cards. It's the no maximum hand size thing is something you're definitely going to want in that kind of draw all the cards. Niv is it? Niv Dex, yeah. Um, the not the reborn one, the red blue. Is it? Is it? Yeah, the the, is the it, non is it? five color Niv Mizzet. Is it Niv? Yeah. Yep. Um, it's interesting. Uh, you can basically chunk this down for blue, blue, blue if you top deck it in the later part of the game, but you're most likely never paying nine mana for this spell ever. You would have to have a very unfortunate circumstance of your opponent blowing your graveyard away for that to happen. I would say average cost of this is probably going to be about 
three blue, blue, blue. So six CMC. I think five to six is reasonable. Yeah. Especially in standard. Yeah. You might see it for five, but yeah. control decks, if they want this, maybe they'd have to be heavy spell based. And even then, it's very slow. Yeah. And plus, there's Teferi, three mana running around. There's Narset running around right now. Oh, right. It makes the magic mirror a little worse. And it doesn't, yeah. The, it's. Uh... It feels like it's there for something that's not going to exist, but next. It's really cool. Yeah, it's cool. But we have another artifact, again, in the colored thing. Yep. Midnight Clock. It is two and a blue for a rare artifact. It's a mana rock. You can tap to add blue. You also pay two and a blue to put an hour counter on Midnight Clock. And at the beginning of each upkeep, you put an hour counter on Midnight Clock. And as it reads, when the 12th hour counter is put on Midnight Clock, shuffle your hand and graveyard into your library, then draw seven cards exile midnight clock it's interesting this is something where i mean the clock strikes midnight what's gonna happen i've yeah right um i'm thinking more constructed purposes for this one mm, i don't know if it does enough for a control deck to want to play it but it is something yeah, where I... if you know in a control mirror maybe it can help you redraw seven without having to um yeah but again like you mentioned narset's a thing I don't think that this is a control card. I think this is a combo card. Okay. It's very much flavorful on, you know, the clock strikes midnight, Cinderella story, all that fun stuff. Um, But I think that this, I don't know if this card will see standard play. If it does, that'd be fantastic. But I think this is more of a combo card than anything else. You know what deck would have loved this card? What? Sphinx's Rev control. Yes. RTR. Yeah, Sphinx's Rev would have loved it. Yeah, the old, the the Yvonne Flock one that won with the, uh, the sheep. Yep. This one would have absolutely been amazing in that as an extra way oh, to wait. shuffle your graveyard in. Oh, we'll get to a card that even Flock probably would have enjoyed um, in that deck. But the next card we want to talk about was, I think, the first card that we actually saw that wasn't, like, from Wizards directly. It's a Mystical Dispute. Two and a blue for Uncommon Instant. Uh, this spell costs two less to cast if it targets a blue spell. Counter target spell unless its controller pays three. It's the perfect counter to the blue counter decks. <laughs> It's um, one mana mana leak for a blue spell, period. Like, not, non, not you know, non-creature spell, not whatever. Just, is it a blue spell? One mana mana leak. Yeah, plan on seeing this in your sideboards of control decks for the next, like, year and a half, two years. <laughs> just yeah. straight up. Uh, now, in modern, there's not a whole ton of blue running around right now. Um, and also, the blue cards you want to counter aren't, are usually answered by, like, negate. So you're not sure. I'm not sure if Mystical Dispute will see play in modern. Yeah, I don't know. Out, yeah, outside of standard, I don't know what kind of now, applications this has. In Legacy, this is a one mana counter, generally for True Name Nemesis. Yeah. It also breaks open the Merfolk Mirror, which if you're worried about the Merfolk Mirror, we got bigger problems. That's a weird metagame I want nothing to do with. <laughs> Anyways, we'll go ahead and move on. From there to, oh yeah, this card, I believe. The next one is Vantress Gargoyle. Yeah. Ian, tell us about this weirdo. We got another artifact creature that's colored. It's a one and a blue, 5-4 artifact creature gargoyle at rare. So you're thinking, hmm, two mana 5-4. Yeah, it flies. Fl- so what's my draw? <laughs> so what's the drawback? Well, Vantress Gargoyle can't attack unless the defending player has seven or more cards in their graveyard. Vantress Gargoyle can't block unless you have four or more cards in hand. And it has tap. Each player puts the top card of their library into their graveyard. So, three cap. This 
is a two mana five four that cannot attack unless there's seven cards in your opponent's graveyard. And it has, it's not a blocker unless you have four or more cards in your hand. So you need to have cards in your hand and a lot of cards in your opponent's graveyard just to be able to attack and block combined with this card. It mills. Yep. Uh, I don't remember what we're keeping mill-wise. Um, I know there was that Mimi mill deck for a while, but all of I those mean, cards were M9. Cards. Those cards were M19, so they're all... Yeah, there's the surveil cards. Yeah, that's true. Mm. But that's not like the mill cards. No, I'm talking like you want to put in your opponent's deck. I mean, yeah, to saying, be, I don't think there's a ton right now. To be fair, like Kethis would want this, but that's like, I don't know. That's not even really going to be around Kethis after want this? rotation. Who knows? Because it's missing. It's losing all of its like zero mana cantripy artifacts. Yeah, it's a weird card. But it's a weird one. I put it on here mainly because it's a two mana five four flyer. And like the drawback is the one that like it's an interesting drawback because it is like there are times where it will be able to attack and will be able to block. Now, now keep and in, it's for toughness. Now keep in mind, you're probably going to be able to block with it like the turn you play it. Yeah, because you've only probably put two lands and this creature down, and you've probably drawn one or two cards at that point. So you're going to have like five or six cards in hand. Yeah. That said, it's still it. Yeah, it's weird. It 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 really yeah. wants you to curve out and not drop multiple yeah. things a turn. Yeah. Just a block, not even attack. Like you gotta be countering and milling your opponent out for that. And I don't when it does attack though. Ooh. Hmm. Ooh. Um next card is one that again we have there's a mythic legendary artifact in each color. We didn't really talk about the white one, but we are gonna talk about the black one as well. It is the cauldron of eternity. And you thought and you thought the magic mirror costs a lot of mana. Cauldron costs 10 black black 12 mana it's a legendary artifact at mythic so what what does this what does this legendary artifact do that costs 12 mana well this spell costs two less to cast for each creature card in your graveyard whenever a creature you control dies put it on the bottom of its owner's library and you can pay two and a black tap pay to life return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield activate its ability only anytime you could cast a sorcery you're definitely going to be wanting to put some big beefers Cheat stuff out. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of people who are like worried about this for like dredge, but this is not really a dredge card, I don't think. I, yeah. Um, I don't... Yeah, no. The only way you could put the, the, the only way you can put this into play on turn two in modern is you go watery grave or untapped blue black land, tome scour myself, mill five creatures, next turn, black land, cauldron of eternity. Oh, so this and is why tome scour jumped in price. Okay. Well, no, Tomescar jumped in price because Dredge was playing it because they don't get Faithless Looting anymore. Oh, yeah, that's right. But also, you know... A little bit of both. Cauldron of Eternity. A little bit, little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah, basically. But it's a really cool artifact. I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, someone will have fun with it in Standard. I don't know how much fun they'll have, but someone will. Uh, you know someone's going to just have that weird artifact deck that someone's going to be like, Look at this one! I put it together! Who knows? Anyways, hey, Narco- Narcomoeba is still in standard, right? <laughs> Narcomoeba is still in standard. <laughs> oh, boy. Yep. Anyways, uh, next card on the list is a card that's very reminiscent of uh, Desecration Demon. That was the first card that I thought of when the Clackbridge Troll was revealed. So, Ian, what does the troll, what's the troll toll? Well, the, the three billy goats gruff got to pay the toll. <laughs> that's the that's the myth here. So, anyway, Clackbridge Troll, three black black. For an 8-8 creature troll at rare. It has trample and haste. But wait, 
what's the drawback? Because obviously you're not going to get an 8 8 trampler for five without, you know, something going down. Well, when Clackbridge Troll enters the battlefield, target opponent creates three zero one white goat creature tokens. The Billy Goat's Gruff. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of combat on your turn, any opponent may sacrifice a creature. Now, the any opponent clause, a hint and a nod to uh, stuff like Commander. Uh, any opponent may sacrifice a creature. If a player does tap Clack Bridge Troll, you gain three life and you draw a card. Yeah, Desecration Demon was a flying trample. No, it was just flyer, wasn't it? Was it was a flyer that, that we got bigger. Yeah, it got bigger as creatures kept getting sacrificed to it making you more and more inclined to sacrifice creatures to it so it wouldn't just kill you in one swing. Clackbridge Troll doesn't get any bigger, but... It pads your life total and life you can't and drawing try. cards? Yeah. It's a heavy pay- price to pay. It's a red deck's worst nightmare. Oh, absolutely. A big, go- a big thing that just can sit on the battlefield or swing in to take large chunks of damage out of you, but if not, it literally negates maybe like a card and a half out of your deck. Yeah. It's very, very powerful potentially cubable but i don't think so it's it's definitely a cool uh what's it called design yeah that's the word i'm looking for design and next card speaking of cool design oh boy arguably the best card in the set uh it's got some amazing art especially it's a special version oh yeah yeah as a reminder all the adventure cards have a special uh uh, what was the word showcase frame yeah it's from that that comes up in the collector boosters yeah yeah uh, the okay, so if I remember correctly, you can open showcase framed cards in regular boosters in place of a foil. I want to say I think it's I think it's kind of akin to a little bit better. And you can only rock. get showcase a- commons. You can only get showcase frame commons in collectors boosters, and the commons are only in foil. And they have an actual common slot in that booster, so you're not losing out on a better card for getting exactly. those commons. Yeah, but the anyways the, the art for this one, the alt art, I should say, is by Jen Ravenna, and it looks amazing. Anyways, Murderous Rider is one black black for a zombie knight. See, there were more knights. Mm-hmm. It's a rare. It's got lifelink, and when it dies, you put it on the bottom of its owner's library. Okay, it's not bad stats. Its its adventure is Swift End. One black black instant adventure. Destroy target creature or planeswalker. You lose two life. Yes. So it's a little worse Heroes Downfall on the front end, but then you play Murderous Rider, and if you even attack once with it, well, you're back up to normal. Yeah. Or you block once with it. Yeah. This card is insane against aggro decks. It's insane against midrange decks. It's insane against control decks. Now, I will say this. There are some tri-lands, or there is a tri-land uh, tournament grounds. Yes. Uh, that taps for a colorless mana. Or it taps for a Mardu, so white, red, or black, to cast a, a knight or an equipment c- card. Uh, it can't cast the black in Swift End. Yeah. So it's kind of weird that that, or it, that card wants to be played in a knight deck to help fix its mana, but it also can't fix the mana for one of its best cards in the deck. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting, and I really appreciate that fact, actually. Yeah. But yeah, Murderous Rider, 100% cubable. It's ridiculous how good this card is. Um, like these adventure cards for like cube is just ridiculous because it's two. It's it's a split card except one half's a creature and you can other half is sometimes good. Like the other card that we have on the list is Order of Midnight. One of the black two two human knight at uncommon with flying. Order of Midnight can't block, but you really don't care. And its uh, adventure is Alter Fate. One of the black sorcery to return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. And limited, if you get two of them, you just get to loop them forever. 
Um, the alt art. I was thinking about the alt it. Alt art is amazing by Seb McKinnon. The alt, yeah, the alt art is amazing by Seb McKinnon. And I was thinking about it. Order of Midnight is just a um, gravedigger on a uh, on a payment plan. Yeah, layaway. Because grave dig- gravedigger effects are usually three and a black, or you know, two black black, depending on you know the needs of the format. And Order of Midnight is a two mana raise dead, and then a two mana two two with flying but can't block. It's it's a grave digger on on a payment plan. I like it. Yeah, very it's very very, very solid limited pick for sure. Oh yeah, and probably and probably constructed playable too. Yeah, so this next one is is kind of interesting. Rankle Master of Pranks. Yeah, Rankle. Um, it's a uh, a two and a bla- two black black. Legendary creature, fairy rogue, mythic. It's a 3-3 with flying and haste. Okay. But whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you get a bit of a charm effect. You can choose any number, though, of these. Each player discards a card. Each player loses one life and draws a card. Each player sacrifices a creature. So if your opponent has one creature in play and you slam Rankle and attack, you can just choose for Rankle to be a four-mana Doomblade. Well, you would have to have something to sack to it as well. Hopefully, not rank. Well, you would. Other, otherwise, you're sacking rank. Yeah. But yes, essentially, it's the the fact that it's any number. It's not just one of these. Like there, a lot of people miss red rankle the first time, and oh, you just get one of these. And when I read rankle the first time, I was like, wait, it says any number. Now, so here's the thing, though. Uh, order of operations matters for this one. So you will discard a card if you choose all three options. You will discard a card first. Then lose. Then you can lose a life, draw a card, and then you sacrifice a creature. Yeah. And the big thing to remember that it is each player. Yeah. So your opponent also does this. So you have to. You also. Ha- you always have to be. You know, mindful of which of these effects do you want, because the sacrifice a creature could be very relevant depending on the opponent, as with the discard a card, and then you know if you just if you choose to lose one life, draw a card mode, then rankle basically is a four three. You know. What, you know what, that draws everybody a card. You know what's fun about that so, one though? What? Two-headed giant. Ooh, yeah, two-headed giant. That's true. Because it, it deals two damage instead of one damage. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Remember, you and your partner will both lose a life as well. You're right, you're right, you're right. But yeah, no, that, that card in two-headed giants <laughs> can do some stuff. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Now, kind of going back to the um, red cat melee card, as well as the um, Archon that we talked about at the beginning, at the top of the podcast. Color-based Punisher uh, kind this- of thing. Yeah, this is Spectre's Shriek. It is black for a sorcery at uncommon. It says target opponent reveals their hand. You may choose a non-land card from it. If you do, that player exiles that card. Already, this is better than Thoughtseize. But... But if a non-black card is exiled this way, exile a card from your hand. Yeah, so you better be prepared to lose two cards. Yeah. No, be down. Now, be, being down Spectre's Shriek and also losing the card out of your hand. The closest comparison that's been made to this card, because I think this card's modern playable, and maybe legacy playable is Unmask, which is very very similar because Unmask has, is the is the pitch duress or pitch thoughtseize essentially, where you can exile a black card instead of paying Unmask's mana cost, and you get a similar effect. Yeah. Now the thing is though is Unmask is free, which is big. <laughs> and as I saw John the other day, uh, it was kind of funny. My opponent scooped to Unmask. They're like, "Oh, you had all those." I'm like, "Yes, I did have all these." Yeah. They like they, unma- they, unmasked, they unmasked me. I had a threat on the board. It was playing Legacy Infect, and I had redundant pump. They were basically dead no matter what they took. I was like, yeah, yeah you're just dead here. Womp womp. When you when you see when you you know dress somebody and see three pump spells, you're like, oh, oh darn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that was great. 
uh, we got time for a couple of more. So let's talk about this artifact, Ian, the Wishclaw Talisman. Okay. So Wishclaw Talisman is a one in a black artifact. So it's another colored artifact at rare. When it, So Wishclaw Talisman enters the battlefield with three wish counters on it. You can pay one in and tap the artifact to remove or one tap and remove a wish counter from wish wish, wish claw talisman. Blech. Say that a couple of times fast. Uh, research or to search your library for a card, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. So a tutor effect. Any an, an opponent gains control of wish claw talisman. Activates ability only during your turn. Now, basically, how this will work is you pay one, tap it, tutor up a card give it to your opponent it has two counters on it they do it you get it back you give it back to them and then they're stuck with a useless artifact for the rest of the game mm-hmm. there's also blink effects yeah yeah there's also manifold key which is a one man artifact that has an ability that says one and tap untap target artifact yep <laughs> so there's ways to abuse it if you're looking for them yeah. uh, it just depends on how much you're willing to pay for this tutor to Make sure your opponent doesn't get one. Yeah, so for kids at home, what we would do there is you would pay one tap act to activate Wishclaw Talisman, holding priority with the um, search your library trigger on the stack. You would then activate your manifold key to untap Wishclaw Talisman. Then you pay into Wishclaw Talisman again to tap it again, get the second trigger and stuff like that. And you would get yep. both draws off of it. Yes, you would. While only taking one counter off, right? Yep. Uh, no, you take two counters off because... The remove a wish counter is before the colon. Mm, right, right. Well, I meant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would have two, but I'm saying like you would. You you would you would activate it. You go. It would go down to two wish counters. You'd untap it with manifold right, activate key it again. You tap it again. You'd remove another wish counter from it. It would have one wish counter remaining. But because the end opponent gains control of wish claw talisman is a separate kind of internal. How do you? Is it intervening? Okay, so here's so let's say you're let's say you're in a two player game. Um, I activate wish call talisman. I untap it. I activate it again. The ability resolves, or the 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 most recent ability resolves. I give it to you, and then the other ability resolves. I search my library, but I don't have a wish call talisman to give you, so you still keep it. Right, but that well, that's what I was saying too. Is that the fact that an opponent gains control wish call talisman is a separate sentence? It lets you search the card, tutor it up. And then yes. it'll do that, because if it was a part of that same sentence, it would expect you to be able to do that, and then maybe it would fail, correct? Basically. Yeah. That's what I was just saying. Like, the fact that it's separated yeah. out there lets you abuse it in that way. Yes, it is. Uh, next card I think we want to talk about is a card that has a lot of people very sad for tribal decks. It is Witch's Vengeance. One black black for a rare sorcery. Creatures of the creature type of your choice get minus three, minus three until end of turn. As if Plague Engineer wasn't enough. Yeah. I didn't think I had this one pulled up. Let me one second. Let me grab it. Yeah, which is yeah, which is vengeance. People are like, "Oh man, humans is gonna be dead in modern," or "Oh my god, spirits can't exist anymore." Bro, it's it's three mana. It's three mana. It's black black pips. Come well, on. Hey, hey, which is which is vengeance is three mana, which is very very good, and he gives minus three minus three, which is also very good. Um, humans sometimes gets the humans above three toughness pretty easily. To be fair, I mean, you know, you play a Thalia's lieutenant, you play another Thalia's lieutenant. Yeah, and then you have Champion not, of the Parish. Not hard. You know, or, and it, like a big Champion of the Parish, it's not hard to get your humans above three toughness. Also, Spirits has redundant lords that will push it above yeah. three toughness usually. Yeah, as long, if you have two Supreme Phantoms, you're fine. Yeah, basically. As long as you don't have uh, either one one Supreme Phantom and one... Um, Drogskull. Yeah, Drogskull Captain. Yeah. 
That's the only reason. Yeah. That's the only thing that you had to watch out for. Uh, there, we don't have a card on this list, but um, I guess we can just I, let's just stick to like just the three colors we're talking about. Sure. Right now, and we can hit the other ones in artifacts next podcast. Um, Absolutely. Ayara, first of Lockthwain. Oh yes. Yeah. Ayara. We miss this one. So she's a legendary creature, elf noble for black, 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 a two three at rare. Yep. Whenever Ayara, Ayara first of Lockthwain. Or another black creature enters the battlefield under your control. Each opponent loses one life, and you gain one life. Remember, two-headed giant, that'd be two life. But she also has tap, sacrifice another black creature, draw a card. Yep. I mean... She, she's very good. <laughs> she's got value. Value. Yeah. And also, you know, black, black, black pips, again, going to Theros, possibly having devotion. It's... She's very, very strong. Oh, Granted, she does demand you play a very, very heavy black deck because you want she wants you to sacrifice other black creatures. So, oh yeah, absolutely. It's something like again, one of those cards that like you probably want to be going heavy in on this. Yeah, um, talk about one or two other ones really quickly here. I'll, yeah, I'll... another card that I was I kind of have on my radar for cube design. I tweeted about it earlier is Black Lance Paragon. That was the one I was going to go uh, to next. Yeah, yeah, one of the black three one human knight at rare with flash. Uh, when Black Lance Paragon enters the battlefield, target knight gains death touch and lifelink until end of turn. So the way I'm looking at it is that cube already has a bunch of knights in it. And some of these knights are good. And there's a couple of these knights matters cards like Black Lance Paragon that aren't embarrassing on their own. Like at worst, Black Lance Paragon is a doom blade that gains you three life. I mean, because you just play it, target itself, block, and you do your thing. That's at worst. And that's at worst. At best, like you're playing with something like Hero of Bladehold, Hero of Oxid Ridge, or any of the Cavaliers that if they're in your cube or whatever, you know, it's uh, or, you know, who turns or no, does Gideon turn into a knight or does Gideon turn into a soldier? Gideon. Um, I'm trying to remember, does Gideon ally, Gideon ally as Endicar makes knights, but does he turn into a knight? Let's see here. I've, I know I'm he turns into a human uh, ally. So Gideon ally as Endicar turns into human soldier ally, uh, human soldier Human soldier. Yeah, sorry. He human just soldier. soldier. Yeah, they're all human soldiers. Womp, womp. Never mind. So Gideon doesn't count. But. <laughs> he makes some knights. Allies and a card. He does. makes knights. Yeah, Allies and a makes knights. But again, you, you kind of see where this is going, where if you have these powerful, if you have these knights in your cube, like Hero of Oxid Ridge, it's another powerful knight. Um, I need to go back and look at my cube list because I think I had like 13 or 14 knights. Oh, Student of Warfare. Oh, God. Yeah. Now, granted, Student of Warfare with Black Lance Paragon in the same deck, that's a little uh, <laughs> little heavy, but like you see where this is going. So I think that there's there are knights that are unembarrassing to cube that people should be considering to put in their cube because of how good these knight payoffs are. Because like Ariel from Dominaria was a really good knight payoff, but she really demanded you go really wide with the knights. Whereas some of these knight payoffs like Black Lance Paragon... It just cares that you have a knight. Yeah, they just want and, something out there. Yeah, and I'd have to I'd have to do some digging to find some knights with like death touch or anything like that. But you know, yeah, just use a just use scrapple. Like, you look at a, you look at a claimed contender. You know, that's a very powerful knight that draws you a card. It's just like there's just so many things that you could do with these knights that I think that you know having a knight theme in your cube is unlike you know. A couple of years ago, uh, Randy Bueller tested a Black Red Vampires theme in the Legacy Cube, and it went over terribly. Mm. I don't think a Mardu or Black White Knights theme would 
do two point. Okay, so I, I just there's I just did a, a lot of good nights. I did a quick search for you for yeah. night and death touch. There are five cards that exist in Magic that are night and death touch. Sure. Arvad the Cursed, Death Touch, yeah. Blacklands Paragon, and, yeah. and these are ones that like mention Death Touch in the rules text, not even just straight up has yes. Death Touch. Uh, Foulmire Knight, which is also from the set, it's a black creature zombie knight. It's a one-one with Death Touch, but it has an adventure, profane insight, two in a black instant. Uh, you draw a card, lose one life. Okay, Knight uh-huh. of the Ebon Legion from M twenty. You, it's a one mana one two black vampire knight you yes. pay two in a black it gets plus three plus three get touch on a yeah. turn he's he's in my cube then there is wintermore commander which is a gold card from this set white yep. and black human cre- human knight at uncommon with two star death touch wintermore's toughness is equal to the number of knights you control whenever it attacks another target knight you control gains indestructible to a turn so again that yep. card also asking for a heavy knight strategy but only five exist in magic for that search yeah but so again i think that like i think that looking at cube design and looking at just like a power a general like legacy cube and being like i should play more knights is not a bad thing to think no we're we're talking about giving another knight this one i last card i want to talk about is one that pairs very very funnily with this one yeah that is the oath sworn knight yes aka the black knight who always triumphs oh yes one black the, the monty python reference. one black black creature human knight it's a zero zero at rare oath sworn knight enters the battlefield with four plus one plus one counters on it spoiler alert there are four limbs on a human body uh oath sworn knight attacks each combat if able if damage will be dealt to oath sworn knight while it has a plus one plus one counter on it prevent that damage remove a plus one plus one counter from it so if for some reason you happen to have, I don't know, five mana open, you cast this guy, he's got summoning sickness, you pass the turn, opponent attacks into it for some reason, you flash in your Black Lance Paragon, target it, it deals the damage, it doesn't die. Yep. It gains four lifelink. Yeah. Because it would do the damage and then you would take the counter. Yeah, it would deal it. four damage, then a counter would be removed. Yeah. It's, it's just a dumb thing. But no, the fact that like, it shrinks itself like the Monty Python's uh, thing of <laughs> Black Knight loses a limb. Eh, I'm still here. Yeah. I just wish it would like people were saying they just wished it was an O one. Sure. So that way, because in the movie, he still survives even when all of his limbs are chopped off. Yeah. So it's like. That's fair. Because you get the one last like, OK, I just go around it kind of thing. Move you up, bite off your kneecaps. <laughs> I'll bleed on you. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's anyways. There's some interesting flavor to the set where. They've reached back to like actual, like actual factual fairy tales. They've reached to kind of pop culture references again with the Osworn Knight, basically representing the Monty Python version of Black Knight. Kind of. Now, granted, there is also King Arthur Arthurian legend versions of yeah. a knight like this one. You know that obviously Monty Python had to get from somewhere, but mm-hmm. uh, it seems to be more wizards. It seems to have gone more with a touch for some of the more popular culture versions of the story bases because it's yeah. what people know uh, as opposed to would it be cool to go full bore like grim fairy tales yeah prom but there's enough grim fairy tales in here as well that it's not like unreasonable like look at bacon to a pie two black black instant destroy target creature create a food token 
which a food token is basically a clue that instead of drawing a card, you gain three yeah, life. Yeah, two tap sack artifact, you gain three life. And then there's yeah. some that are like, like there's the the Pied Piper with the with rats and stuff. Like yeah, that. it's there. It, there's so many cool things going on in this set. Yeah, it's there's a lot to unpack with all of the flavor in this set because it doesn't just hit like one or two fairy tale tropes. It hits every single one of them. Every which makes one. you wonder. Which makes you wonder what's going to be you know in line if we ever go back to Eldraine. I'm sure they can go back to the well. Hey. Yeah, they probably left some things, uh, left some things the, for the next time. But I think that's going to do it for us this time. Um, we'll talk about the red, black artifact and gold cards. Red, green next set or next time. Green or red, yeah, red, green, gold cards and artifacts. Spoiler alert: all three planeswalkers are gold cards this time. Also, we'll talk about lands um, because, good lord, yeah, good lord, lands. Um, and then we'll talk about some cards that I think some people are kind of uh, overestimating. But because by next because by next week we should have the full we should have the full set unveiled next week. We'll right? have the entire set because the PPR is this Friday. Go watch the PPR at twitch.tv slash loading ready run. And if people wanted to find you on social media, where can they do you so? You can find me on Twitter at dixonij. That's D I X O N I J. You guys can also find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dix. Uh, I have not streamed in a hot minute because life. Um, hopefully, I'm going to try maybe get some a little bit in for practice-wise for uh, SCG Philly. So keep an eye open. Who knows? Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. I just got to go rent some Ren and Sixes because, my God, those things are expensive online. I think it record <laughs> as of recording, like 140 tickets. And ugh, yeah. I need like three of them for some of the decks I want to try. Force of Negation is like 70 online. I yeah, I'm lucky I grabbed one of those at like thirty, but yeah. oof. I need like another one for one of the decks and I'm like, ugh. Yeah, oofa doofa. Yeah. Anyway, John, where can they find you? Yes. You guys can find me on Twitter at JW at JY one two nine. That's J W I L E Y one two nine. You can also find me on Twitch at the same handle. If you see me floating around in any of the Twitch chats, don't hesitate to say hi. Um life has been busy, man. Let me just let me just tell you As. that. It's it's, it's been crazy, but that doesn't mean we aren't paying attention. You can follow my Twitter threads where I talk about cubes and cards that I'm considering for cube. Um, this set's got a lot of them. Like, these adventure creatures are insane. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The first card we're going to talk about tomorrow, next week is literally is very, very good. So we'll, I'll just leave it at that. If you want to use the podcast directly, you can do so one of two ways. You can either hit us up on Twitter at Eyes in the Mize, or you can hit us up on email at eyesinthemise at gmail.com. We would love to hear how we could best improve the podcast for you, our lovely listeners. On behalf of Ian, I'm John. Thank you so much for listening and so much for being patient and dealing with our multi-week unintended hiatus. But, we, but we'll talk to you all next we'll time. We'll be back.